What's a guan? What's a guan? Welcome back, no behavior community. It's your girl Samoy back with another episode. This is episode three, and that's on consistency, sis. Yes, like clap for me. <laughs> and in episode two, I was able to lay the foundation for intimate relationships and how they coexist alongside platonic relationships. And a girl is feeling hella official. I have a guest today, like a full-blown guest. Like, I don't even know what to do with myself right now. I am so excited for you all to meet today's guest. I have to make sure to introduce our first guest in the most iconic way that I possibly can and pay homage to that monumental sound clash where keep where make people know say a way run boy yeah sim sim who have the keys to me bima <laughs> sim good girl sim I'm here in the flesh so Another um, part of becoming a part of the no behavior community, you have to understand, say, a peer, like, no filter, raw dog, something, I'll go, go on around here. So are you going to adhere to those terms? Of course. <laughs> <Love> it, raw. <laughs> dog. <laughs> Just kidding. Eight, nine, ten are. Anyway. Corona kids I running want here. us to do an icebreaker because you already see too much of the dynamics of our relationship. Before we get started, let's please do an icebreaker. Um, so, you know, so none of my questions them isn't going to be surface level questions. It's going to be hard hitting, straight facts. We want the truth. Simone, what is the most yam headed shit you've ever done in a relationship? I will it was it was a hard choice to make, honestly. Hard choice. Um, but I have to say, cooking and cleaning behind man, that is that is yamed to me. Man is if not I, man is not husband and you are cook and clean behind man. Exactly. Whoa. And then where's the benefits I am receiving? Not saying that traditional gender roles don't work for certain relationships, but you end up putting out too much effort and you're not getting reciprocal. Come, because come, last time come, come, come I checked, these men are not building houses from their bare hands. They're not, you know, putting down the concrete, shaping up the blocks. They're not they're holding in, up their end of the bargain anymore. Like, they used to be able. The cow and the, and the bacon and the, we both bringing home bacon. So, no. Nah. And I enjoy cooking. I enjoy cleaning. Like certain things I raise, I grow doing, but you realize you end up doing it and doing it. And, and where, what are you receiving in return? So it becomes exhausting. I respect that. I absolutely understand that. And I feel like that's a fair assessment. So now comes to the uncomfortable segment. Have you ever been handcuffed? And what were the circumstances that you were handcuffed under? I wish. <laughs> clearly, clearly, my sex life is more vanilla than I thought because <laughs> I have not reached the handcuff stage yet. So I can add that to my Adam and Eve um, order list, you know, have that <laughs> pop off after this next shipment come in. <laughs> 
But, you know, I, my friends are judging me based on my Amazon purchases. So I had to switch to Adam and Eve for the real risque things. Eight, nine, ten are like, dog. Eight, nine, ten her. Nah, but. Funny story, my, though. No, nah, no, nah, for real, though. I've never been handcuffed. That's something that I'm questioning. Like, how can you say you're a freak is smutty and you never get handcuffed before? You know? Funny story, I got arrested in South Africa. <laughs> Oh, that no story that. time. Story time. Um, not tell it. No, not like you them. cannot do that to the listeners. Okay, so we went. I was with an ex. We went to the Black Coffee. I think the EDM artist. Please don't quote me because I was new to all of that stuff. Went to a concert. Came out the concert. The Black um, African, but typically they're immigrants, so they're from other surrounding countries of South Africa. They were taxi drivers, and they were pulling up, and they had white South African. And if you know the brief history of South Africa, yeah, you know their type of racial situation they got going on. Apartheid and all that, yeah. Yes, of course. <clears throat> so they have the white security guards with a big guns, which if you go to Jamaica and the Caribbean, you used to kind of seeing police with big guns, yeah. but still it was a bit abrasive. They're shouting at the taxi drivers, like, you know, for them not to stop, but it's a line of Ubers and Lyfts and I think it was named Uber. Taxis pulling up. So I'm thinking I'm helping them out by running down the road to jump in the taxi. Instead of waiting to the taxi line, come to the top of the hill. The man cuss after me and say, I can't get in the taxi. So I slam the door, cuss him off. My ex then decide he's drunk at this point. He decide he wants to, you know, intervene and say something. So it's him and the, the freaking white security dude with a gun. The man had the gun, his finger on the trigger of the gun. So Dog. here I'm as a woman. You really have to be careful the situations you get yourself into when you have a black male partner because you can really instigate certain situations and provide that catalyst so exactly. then fuck. So i interviewed shouting after my, my ex push him into the taxi cuss after the security it was like three security end up drop my phone under the taxi grab up the phone jump into the taxi but yeah we would have we would have been arrested and i was cursing them out flipping the bird i don't even know if flipping middle finger is a thing in south africa Listen, I made some reckless decisions since undergrad. Like, listen to me and listen to me well. <laughs> I feel like you just embodied no behavior, the movement. <laughs> All in other one story that this is a perfect first guest <laughs> on this segment. Dog. You know, you've had to bail me out before, like almost catch up in another fight that one time in Miami. And I'm such a chill person. So I don't know. Who is this person that I'm talking to? Like, I forget all the experiences that we have. Like, yes. Undergrad nearly killed me off in a car because you want to fight somebody behind her. But that's not for me. Moving on. No, no, no. (laughs) Too much of a story. I get away. Moving on. I need your two truths and a lie, even though I am your conscience. Like, give me one, two truths and a lie for the people, then. All right. So. I've been natural for eight years. I've gone skydiving. I've been to a nudist beach and participated. Well, I know off the bat which one it is. So, which, which one? You didn't get to go skydiving. See, this is why we can't play this together. <laughs> this is like playing Never Have I Ever, and we all looking at each other like, "Bitch, I know." If you remember the time we played the Never Have I Ever, and then we were doing specific things like to get each other out. Never have I ever had a sex particular person in a certain building on FAMU's campus. I that rubbish been there. Yeah, no, like. 
I love you. That's why. Sim is one of my soulmates that I referenced in um, episode two. And that is a great um, segue for us to talk about. Just give me some raw feedback on um, how you liked the last episode and what you resonated with. I enjoyed it. You know, it was it was raw. It was truthful. And just knowing you in that history, it's good to see that growth. And I know it takes a lot, as they say in the insecure, you know, the growth, <laughs> the Kelly makes a little hand movement of that growth. It's so important. You know, we we are in these yamhead man clown ways when we're younger because yeah, yeah. <laughs> socialization of how we are taught to prioritize romantic relationships. And you've been with him so long, so you must invest a certain amount of time in the relationship you know to keep it going when you know sometimes you can cut your losses and just grow and move on from that situation so it, it, it was a good point for me to reflect on certain past relationships too that I've in the past had resentment about that hey it didn't work out for a certain time or a certain experience I feel like that's a fair assessment. So remember that um, foundational truth piece that I said that um, platonic relationships and intimate relationships are valued on the same level for me based upon my experiences. Do you resonate with that or do you have a different outlook on that position? I think it depends. There are certain phases in your life when you might start to prioritize romantic relationships a little bit more but typically when going through like a healing process or knowing okay you know there's some toxic mess that I kind of barely got out of let me let me go back and that's I think that's how we're able to hold each other accountable like okay every time you come out of a relationship all of a sudden you're investing in your friendships more that investment needs to be there all along because throughout all these different exes even from high school I still have friends from high school that I'm close with but I'm the best <laughs> let me to my point I'm the but best am I <laughs> is me <laughs> ego super ego and id okay <laughs> but um so what role do uh friendships play in your adulthood no 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 before we get started are you pre-adulting or are you a full-on adult listen it depends on the day depends on the time of the day it depends on the season (laughs) if it's raining outside if it's hot um but honestly i just cooked some curry chicken and my mom went back for seconds so i come true no adult today we go back to more food adults I'm a Mommy, we love picky, picky. Yeah. Like, you know how picky mommy is. Picky. Mommy, go back to more. Yes. yes oh, I know. God. No, you're adulting, adulting. It's a certain, you know, my crown is up there today. So it's no. a trade off. So some days you feel. I think, days. I think that that's, that's a true assessment because like that duality has to exist. Like some days you feel like you got this, like nobody they ain't got nothing on me. These niggas can't hold me back. And then other days it's like, what did I sign myself up for? <laughs> like, oh, what is? Especially with your like career. Like sometimes when you're in your career, you feel like you're an imposter syndrome. You feel like, yes, really, even though I've been doing it for years, am I really fit for this role? Am I going to, you know, exceed expectations? Is this my passion still? There's a lot of adulting questions related to that. But I think yeah. ultimate adulting will be when I actually have children. I had to watch my niece this weekend and it, and she's 14. Wait a minute. 
what you said ultimate like dog me not even reach there so like yeah i mean i scratch like one cra- like one crackhead like me start scratch like am i supposed to reach ultimate adulting like dog it's a form I'm of, still trying to figure it out it's a form of sacrifice because listen the way i love sleeping even though i don't sleep in i wake up early and i'm on my phone but just the act of yeah. having to get out of bed to make breakfast somebody for somebody else to be selfless to know okay this is not about me it's about somebody else I haven't quite gotten to that space yet so i'm working on it it's it's learning it's a learning curve all of this in life is a learning curve so since we understand that you will be giving us duality from pre-adulting and adulting what role do relationships or specifically platonic relationships play in your life at this moment i'm gonna be honest just in reflection of past relationships i'm prioritizing my platonic relationship because I'm seeing how they hold such a significant place in my me. Life. Stop saying say. Stop saying they and start saying me, Simone. Stop it. All of my friends, all of them. Stop. I'm Let like- me stop. Let me tell people the history. Oh, I used to call us S squared people. I'm from far, me and this big fierce girl I come from. When me find this is smarty, would I fierce bigger than me? I said no. Me and you is going to be friends. We are going to unite and we're going to form the big face coalition. And that's what we <laughs> No, it was kind of, it was disgusting. People would call each other each other's names. Yeah. Like Simone. I'm like, nah, I'm Samoy. Girl, Adventures of Sim and Sam. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I completely understand making that conscious effort to make sure that you're prioritizing your friendships because of those experiences that you had had in the past and having being present in those experiences and seeing what those experiences did to you as a person like seeing a human being morph it's scary you know and but we throughout our matriculation of life like we will continue to certain parts of us will continue to die. And I just feel like that's natural, you know? Definitely. And it's, like I said, it's phases. And it's, I, I was thinking about a, a friendship group and how there's typically somebody who's in a relationship and other people who are single. And then you have to adjust, you know, that friendship group to support the, the person's needs. Because, hey, maybe they're in a relationship so they don't call you as often. But then yeah. with the relationship drama... But it's okay. It's okay to be that space for that person, but then also to set those boundaries so that you still work on the friendship and it doesn't... Because as women, I do... And that's something I had to grow from. I do remember a point in college when I had an ex-friend basically be petty. She never realized I saw her tweet. (laughs) I've been on Twitter that long. It's it's been a minute. But... Yeah. (laughs) She mentioned... She's tweet something like, if this girl mentioned her boyfriend one more time, and I realized that I did mention him a lot. It was an ex from undergrad, but I did mention him a lot. And as women, sometimes we do center our lives around our partners and we have our careers. We have, you know, personalities. We have so much strength we can draw and pull from that we don't have to center our lives around men. But because of societal norms and because of how our positions are presented as a woman, like we are rep- reduced to our reproductive rights like being able to reproduce is the sole thing that people are focusing on so because of that how can we fulfill that in a intimate relationship so you invest so much into it you know yeah 
So as we get older, like when you hit in your late twenties, then it's kind of like everyone's looking at you like, okay, where's the marriage? Where's the babies? When is that settling down happen? And to be honest, I'm still on my hot girl summer world tour. Like, yeah, (laughs) Rona or no Rona, we doing hot girl activities. Okay. Hot girl, hot girl. Wrap up hot girl activities. (laughs) So. I wanted to circle back on um, the tweet that your friend or your former friend sent out. Let's talk about toxicity that exists in friendships. Do you think that you can have a toxic friendship? Definitely. And I think undergrad was a huge learning point for me, undergraduate college, because I didn't know anybody. Well, I'll, I'll take that back. I knew some people going up to FAMU, but I kind of just separated and went up there with my own plan and intentions, you know, just to be around black folks. Like I was raised in a predominantly white area. All that melanin. We needed it. <laughs> Listen, I needed to soak it up. I needed to bask in that. That's a huge yeah. reason I went natural because just seeing so many diverse black people. And that's a big misconception too, is that you don't have diversity within HBCU. And there's tons of diversity. There's people from D.C. There was a, bro- a black British boy that was there. Um, black folks from Cali. You know, New York, South Florida. South Florida is very different than Jackson. Jamaica. Yeah. Of course. Of course people of course. from Jamaica. From Trinidad. <laughs> Rihanna. Rihanna. Yeah, people. St. Lucia. V.I. Um, you meet where the, the wealth uh, and beauty of blackness at HBCU. That's a whole nother podcast for itself. But that is a whole nother podcast. Being there, I had to really figure out who I was separate from my family identity, separate from the area I grew up in. And I met some people who were toxic. They were, you know, either jealous or, you know, selfish or going through their own issues and projecting. So that initial group of friends I met through social media back then, that was when everyone would make a Facebook. Yes, and go stalk people Facebook to see what you are getting. Right, into. and they had the Facebook <laughs> class pages. So, you know, we had yes. 09, so we had the 09, and that's how you actually met my boyfriend of three years from undergrad through that class page. I'm sorry that you did oh, that. I could have been a hot girl all of undergrad because listen, all of it. The fine chocolate men that are at an HBCU, like the epitome of swimming and soaking up in chocolate. So I really enjoyed the little bit I was able to collect towards the end, towards the last year of of college, of undergrad, because I decided, hey, you know what? That's an example of prioritizing my friendships. At that point, I had a better, more solid group of friends, mainly crazy at making friends from the Caribbean organization we were in. Thank God we found that space. Yeah. And then I was able to decide, you know what? The drama, the stress of this relationship, like, what is the purpose of me taking this into my senior year? I need to prioritize graduate school. I need to figure out what city I want to move to. I need to make some boss bitch moves. And I and I have my group of friends that can support me. And the relationship wasn't working out. So cut the loss and kept it moving. That's it, bitch. And that's on period. <laughs> so now <laughs> as a pre-adult slash adult expertise, um, I need you to... Kind of just tell me how you would work through a toxic friendship now. Would you even give it your space, your energy? How would you weave that out in today's setting? So I've 
definitely have to go back to my communication skills. A lot of times we play the victim and that's something I'm trying to hold myself accountable for when I say, oh, yeah, I'm head decisions or men are this or whatever. I have to say, okay, I played a part in that dance, that tango. I decided to continue dancing with that partner. So we can decide not to go into the full mental health mode, but there's a concept of radical acceptance. So you can decide what you want to accept and change about a situation. So sometimes, and that starts with your thought process. The at the very essential point. That's just you changing how you're thinking, how you are um, reflecting on those experiences and your truths. Yeah. Like holding yourself accountable for the actions that you played, and then choosing to change. So choosing better actions, choosing to assert yourself more with communication. Um, choosing to prioritize your own mental health, to set boundaries, to be honest. You know, it's very easy to not show up authentically to relationships and just keep it at the superficial level. And I think that's the very, the difference between undergrad and even grad school and going to parties and dating casually and having fun with your friends versus transitioning into adulthood where some more serious things are going on. People are starting to lose family members. Absolutely. Have stress with careers. They start developing their own families and relationships. And so it takes a new level of communication and boundary setting and emotional regulation because people are going to piss you off. When you go on these girls' trips, let's be honest, you're going to have a dog. (laughs) The trip that shall not be spoken. There's been a lot of trips. But And then that's the thing you post on social media and it looks one way, but you know, okay, you and that person catch up different times on the trip. And yeah, yeah, no, I say, and I'll go back nowhere with that person there. Yeah, dog, like you and I come nowhere. You're not invited. Nah. I've had to learn to classify certain friends and that's not to limit them at all, but to say, okay, this friend is good for the turn up. This other friend, you know, when I'm going through a tough time, I know that they're non judgmental, they're supportive. But they also give me that firm feedback. I need. Simone, can you please stop? Can, can you please stop explaining me to the people? Them like just stop it, Simone. Stop it. We all stop we all it. play a different role in each other's lives, you know. And so, and I, I have to accept people for who they are. If they keep you, they yeah. only have a certain amount of depth to themselves. Then accept it for what it is. Decide whether or not you want to cut them out your life. And if you don't, then keep them in a certain space and not expect more for them. Exactly, but that's on being a yamhead in a friendship. Like you have to have yamhead mint. <laughs> cool. Listen, you have to have yam yamhead mint in a friendship yeah. as well. Because if you continue to see that person cannot serve in that capacity, and you keep on trying to make that person serve in that capacity, who will look like yeah. the fool? Like you're going to end up looking like that fool. They they don't they don't have that depth like you stated to express themselves in the format that you want them to. So it's okay for each friend to have a different part yeah. of you. you and that's know? the acceptance part, accept people for who they are, who, who they show you they are the first time. That's a quote that, you know, we often say, but it's, it's so true. We really have to accept people for who, and then, you know, if people change and, and things happen, because that's the scary part that no one talks about. It's hard to make friends. As an adult. Oh, as an it's adult, it's absolutely hard. hard. It's really, really, really hard. Um, I think women, we're, we tend to be socialized 
more communally. So we're able to go and make those connections. But for men, I feel like it's tough unless they have their, their frat, yeah, that's true. frat group or they have like a bike group that they're with or whatever, if they're involved in church, but it's tough for them. So I think a lot of times they start to settle down because they don't have those type of connections. I think there was even a study in England that showed men typically they have their partner and, you know, maybe the mom or, you know, one friend from high school, military buddies, but it's hard for them to make friends. And as women, you know, depending on your location, it can be tough. In South Florida, it was always some black professional women event I could go to. Moving back to Central Florida, it was a bit tough. You know, most of the people I know in this area, they have kids. Not saying we can't be friends, but it's it's very different, you know? So when I want to do my hotivities and <laughs> run out and do something quick, it it's, it's less impulse. You got to kind of plan it ahead of time. It can happen, yeah. but you just got to plan it. So I think that's an adjustment I've had to make is where I lived, accepting kind of that, um, using technology, Zoom, FaceTime, having with Corona, having these brunch parties on Zoom have been fun ways to stay connected. But, you know, just accepting people for who they are and in the space that they need to take up in your life. That's a real assessment on um, just friendships in your later 20s going into our 30s, dog. Like, we're about to be 30. <laughs> That's still... Corona. Yo, me before you, but God no. <clears throat> Still, I try to process the fact that girl is turning 30. Girl is no longer a 21 or a 25-year-old. I'm excited for it, though. I hear sex gets better. If it can get better than this, listen, I'm ready for the roller coaster. <laughs> sex gets better. They say you have more control over your finances. Because, listen, we had some potholes. We had some ditches. Hot Country part of Jamaica potholes. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> I am bust up. <laughs> we had kids just tie up on the side of the road. Potholes. Uh, like, we was trying to flex on a budget that was not flexible, you know? So, it's a learning curve. And I just want you to apply um, what experiences you've had now um, through your matriculation to now your intimate relationships. How do you... Um, or how do intimate relationships differ in your late 20s? For me, I'm at least I'm noticing within myself, I'm trying to set more intentional boundaries with others. So that's hard for me. Everyone has a different personality based on their temperament, based on where they were raised, the birth order, if they're the oldest child versus the middle or youngest child. Um, so I definitely see the dynamics within my family. And I see how I kind of, a lot of my family members took on a passive role due to having like a, such a dominant parental figure in the house. So I then took that into a lot of my relationships because your first relationships is your family. You know, your first group is your family. Then you go into the school settings and you go out into life, a little bird with your little wings and you try to fly. So I do think I was very passive in the past. And I honestly didn't even realize it until people would snap on me about it. And it's multiple people. And I was like, damn, like people will get over on you and then they will still snap at you. Like you are so passive. Like you don't make your needs known, but then it's still kind of known that it's uncomfortable to you. So I've tried to be more assertive. When something pops up that bothers me, I try to address it because when it festers, when it starts to grow and turn into a situation, then I become passive aggressive. I have my attitude and I have, you know, little, I don't make eye contact. Like 
it's almost like a go-to like that. It's like muscle memory. Like that's so easy for me to slip into that habit. And I have to really check myself to, you know, at least sit down with a person and give them that opportunity to change. Cause if you don't communicate certain boundaries or expectations or even how someone makes you feel, how do you expect them to adjust? But then again, when you do communicate, communicate that it's important that you watch their actions and not just their words. Cause a lot of people stay stuck on the apology without the change behavior and without the change behavior, you're just, you're pulling a Karen, you know, you're out here, you know, just doing the least to still have that person in your life. So I've tried to be more intentional in my communication. Um, you know, it might come across cold, especially if I do it through text because in person, it's kind of hard. It's kind of tough to have certain tough. Yeah. I love in-person communication, except when it's those certain tough conversations. Because I know me, I'm very emotional. I'll end up bawling quick. Like, the fuck am I crying for? I'm supposed to be a G right now. I'm supposed to be like, you know, top boy, top bitch. <laughs> Say it with your chest. But I end up bawling over certain conversations because I realize what's at, at risk. And I realize that, hey, I have a certain type of man that I am into. And there's not a lot of those type of men out there. And I don't want that to be a limiting statement. But I have a checklist per se and there's certain type mm -hmm. of partners I want and so when I find somebody who kind of meets it then I, I a lot of times I'll stick around and I'll say well maybe they'll change or maybe they'll do this and then I have to really check myself on that don't sit around waiting for somebody to change the best years of your life as they would say are passing you and you're waiting on someone's potential when you could be a whole meal wifey for somebody else out there but then I have to be realistic two with my location let's be honest i live living in south florida is, you have more options for professional black men if that's what you're into moving to a more rural white community then unless you're going to start swirling your options are limited <laughs> so i have to kind of balance those two things like am i settling you know is this the stage of life that we're in communicating those boundaries to people and trust, it's hard for me to build trust with somebody. So when I trust someone, like I give them chances. I got a roster that I kind of circle back around for because I have that basic trust. If nothing else, they're going to do me right. In the bedroom, they're going to get the STD testing done. We have that communication. So it's easy to stay stuck in that past. But with the experiences that you've had, had don't you think that it has shaped what you are willing to accept and not accept like when you said that you have to be more assertive you now understand that you have to be assertive based upon those past experiences that you had but it's not only just assertion in okay I need to be less passive but you have to be direct on okay this is what I'm looking for I'm no longer playing games with you if you cannot meet this this let and me that cut. like leave me alone let me do what me I do and go on boy your business like if you can't fulfill that aspect of me like why are you here What's, what purpose do you serve right now you know so um, that that component really plays into a larger understanding of like things aren't going to be as easy. Like the pool, the pool of eligible bachelors at this age, it dwindles. Like you're not getting the cream of the crop anymore. Definitely. Definitely. And it continues to dwindle in a sense know? because 
you know, if you choose not to date men with kids, that's its own hurdle, right? Because let's be honest, if, if someone has kids, there's a certain level of commitment. I don't want to enter someone's life who has children. I start dating them. I get close to the kid and then it ends. That's it's awkward. That's uncomfortable. Not saying I won't do it. I have to seriously consider if I want to be with someone who has children because I want to be a, a hoe. Let's be honest. I want to wear my booty shorts and my, and my, you know, have my titties out. And that's not. That's not being a hoe, Simone. That's just you being a nudist. Where you pick up from me, talk the truth. Tell the people them, say, I'm me, you pick it up from. Y'all, I am a nudist. I did not tell you all this. It's a very rare occasion you will catch some way with clothes on. What clothes make for? <laughs> when you go outside, where you need clothes in your yard for? I'll put the disclaimer. When I say a hoe, there's an asterisk. I'm reclaiming that word. Just like if I say bitch or certain things, like if I say nigga, I'm reclaiming those words. So I don't believe in the term of hope, but when I say it, I mean to be that. Like you are completely embodying self-love, self-fulfillment, prioritizing your own needs, getting that orgasm, that nut, and not just sitting there being a masturbation tool for a nigga. Like I, I mean, the freedom for you to be yourself right so you know and of course i have my homely ways i have my wifey ways i can dress up and go to church and still blend in i have different sides of me but i have to seriously consider sometimes okay this person has a kid so it's going to look a little different how are we going to end up you know having our freaky time how are we going to end up going out what's the age of the child what's the relationship between that partner and their ex their baby mama their ex-wife or whatever it's a lot to factor in. So it's it's things that I consider. You know, I've ghosted people. People have ghosted me. It, it's tough. There's been nice, quote unquote, nice guys who come around and I realize I need to be attracted to you. I need The pussy needs to be wet when you walk in the door, when I hear your voice. So, and of course that passion takes work to continue it. It's it comes and goes, but I need to have I wanted that to initial circle back on a topic well. that we kind of touched on. Um, we were talking about seeing potential um, in possible romantic partners. And I feel that um, a lot of women have gone through this phase in their life, in their younger years. Some of us are experiencing that phase right now in our later years where you are on the build a nigga phase where you are literally creating this semi-perfect human being for another bitch your thoughts on that it's very common um there's the concept starter wives there's the concept i saw some tweets going for mother's day people were saying where's my mother's day present because i raised some niggas like i brought them up and and I don't want it to turn into yes, misandry because I am a misandrist at heart. But I've seen the the flip side. The men in my family are, you know, gal clowns. Like they build women up from scratch, if we're being honest. So I've seen it both ways. And I it's usually due to power dynamics. The other person having more power in that relationship and you feeling like you have to do whatever to keep them or to or to prove your worth to them. And it's like, no, I, I bring, what do I bring to the table? That co- topic that keeps coming up. 
I am the fucking fable. Like, I got a degree. And I'm not saying this to rub it in anyone's face, because I know people get upset about that. I see a lot of men on social media get very upset about women talking about their accomplishments. But let's be honest. I have degrees. I am licensed in my field. You know, I am empathetic. I can cook. I can clean. The pussy tight. The pussy fat. Like, <laughs> there are things that I bring. Lots of things. I'm empathetic. I am like a therapist. I am I'm different roles that I play in a partner's life. And I realize I do this with my platonic friendships as well. But the yeah. things I pour into romantic relationships, like the support I give, it's, it's, and you see this with other women as well. You see, it's just, you know, I'm in a lot of groups on Facebook, on through Instagram tweets. I see that women will, and people I see a lot saying, okay, black men don't get support. Falsehood. That's a Falsehood. lie. You know how many men are like, homeless? If it wasn't for the dick, they would be homeless. Because the, when it comes to wintertime, it's not in Florida because, you know, it's always hot. But up, up north, supposedly, when it starts getting cool, you see these men coming around because they need shelter. And they don't want to abide by the shelter's rules. So we build up men. We spend our youth building them up, and then they. Decide, but I don't you know think what? it's necessarily a power dynamic, wanna... or it's it's you pouring into this partner because of that simple fact that you feel that this is your end all partner. So you're going to tr you're going to show this person how you want to be treated. You know, so I feel that it's you creating this right, individual that's that going to serve you in the capacity that you want them to serve if that makes sense but some people don't see you that way you see them as that potential husband and father of your children and da 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 and they looking like okay when i get a certain amount of money yeah i want a light-skinned bitch with loose curly hair and a fat ass on my arm if we're looking at a lot of celebrities a lot of dancehall artists let's be honest when they when they start out as a ghetto you like they start out with a dark-skinned woman who, you know, she might be kind of slim or whatever. And then reach they, some they point feel like it's an upgrade. So they have to have your dog, like, cut them off. Cut them off. And then they're just cut. Yeah, and that's their, that's their internalized, sometimes anti-Blackness. That's them trying to keep up with capitalism because it's tough. There was a, I forget who, I wish I knew who it was. But she goes on to say, like, don't give your best to the world and come back home and give me shit every evening. Like you smile and tap dance for the white man, but then you come home and beat me and I have to take it because I'm supposed to be that yeah. punching back for you, that outlet. No, smile in my face, pretend with me. So I see, I see why we support the men that we're with or the partners that we're with. And if we're, you know, different LGBT community that we might be a part of. I see how we could be supportive because we see the potential. We know, okay, if you just had someone to listen to you, if you just had maybe what you didn't get from your parents, from your siblings, so does from that your level friends, of I can be that then, person. That level of but, you being able to see someone's potential, does that dissipate as you continue to um, get older? Or what does that do in your life? How does it play a role in your life? To me, you still want to work with somebody because I'm still growing in my career. I don't want to say I'm at the pinnacle of my career and I'm perfect. I'm da-da-da. Definitely not. But you also need to see find a per partner who has a plan. Like you have potential, but where's the motivation? Where's the drive? Where's the discipline? Because you can get in your career and you're going to hit roadblocks. So, you know, you just have to decide, is this person worth another 
two to three years of cycling another relationship. <laughs> I see tweets a lot, and I agree. Dog, I, not even that, that, I, mean, not even I can't tell do the color where my favorite color be because every time <laughs> I open my mouth and say, "Dog, my favorite color is black." Black isn't a color. Okay, you know what? Okay, I've you're very unique. Thanks it's for black telling me that friend. again. Like no, like so. Of course, that phase is there. I'm right on. I'm right on the cusp of saying, listen, dog, I will be okay single. Because if I have to go through the talking phase, if I have to go through all of this again, it's scary. It's terrifying. So it's okay for me now to take that time and invest more in my platonic relationships and invest in myself. And then if that romantic partner comes along, them come along. But if they don't, like... So I want to add though, with that, like you're saying, if you're on the best, if you're on the path to self-actualization, meaning the best version of yourself, you come, you cross paths with other people who are on that same journey. You know, if you jogging and trying to get healthy and you at the park, you're going to run into other joggers. You're going to run into other people who are out there to exercise. So when you start making those strides towards being the best version of yourself, you're going to come in contact with a, a better echelon or, you know, caliber of people. When you stuck in that toxic mess, when you trying to distract, which is a, the Solange song, yeah. Cranes in the Sky, I think it's Cranes in the Sky, when she talking, she's, do, I'm doing all these things and I still can't shake it. I still can't make progress because I'm trying to distract myself, whether it's sex, whether it's traveling, whether it's parties whether it's brunch like i'm trying to distract from those skeletons in my closet that i haven't dealt with and so when you start to kind of work on the best version of Absolutely. yourself you won't put up with the same type of shit you won't you won't you know people won't even want to come around because it's like nah she got her shit together like, just like when i have a weave when i got in weave if i got in some bundles down to my ass i attract a certain let's caliber see. of niggas let's be honest when I have in my natural hair, I'm on my Erica Badu, Jill Scott, you know, Etana type of look. I attract a certain different type of men. So, and thankfully, I'm I'm proud and I'm confident in my natural self. So I don't wear weave. Let me put it <laughs> asterisk in that one. I'm not saying if you wear weave, you're not confident in yourself. I'm saying I know my yeah. own personal struggles and things I've gone through and the ways I internalize society. When I have in weave, I do get more compliments in general from people, Black people, Hispanic people. In general, more people compliment me, but I know myself and I'm confident in my, who I am, the hair that grows out of my scalp. So I have to then decide how does that impact dating? That would be a whole nother podcast by itself because it's true. You attract a different type of men and, and people will say, oh no, that never comes up. I'm in these different yeah, groups. Never like, my hair never comes up in dating. When I tell you the first date, men are asking me, okay, so what is this? And then they see me with twists the next time. What They're is that? Like, what, like they can't keep up with my hair. Like, really, dog? Like, I'm coming like <laughs> big idiot. Yeah. Because it comes from a place of ignorance. If you don't know about your hair because you get it cut every week and a half at the barber and your barber's your best friend and, you know, you stay in contact with that person and you can't cheat on your barber. Da -da -da. Them can't because cheat you don't know about your own hair. Listen, 
They have more remorse cheating on their barber than they do cheating on the women. That's another story for another topic about Caribbean men. No, but Simone, no, you know that this will not most. be your first nor your last time on this podcast. And thank you so much for coming on and allowing us to normalize these conversations because we need to be having these authentic, self-searching, and um, just overall developing conversations on who we are and how we continue to develop. I appreciate you, Samoy, just having me on. Let me ramble because I do I'm ramble. Here for you, I, I will go off on the sand. Thank you so time. much for being a part of this. I love you. That's on healthy, functional adult relationships. We have to normalize having these tough these difficult conversations on what we expect and what we deserve as adults and as pre-adults. I love the fact that Sim was able to give me insight on the fact that there's duality. Sometimes I'm killing this adult shit. Other days I am dead ass just pre-adulting and that's fine as well. But remember, we're going through this journey together. We're going to learn together. And we're going to keep on growing and glowing. And remember, say you can follow me on the Twitter at nobehavior underscore P. That is at nobehavior underscore P. Also, like me up on the Instagram at nobehavior podcast. And that again is No Behavior with AU Podcast. And remember, say every Tuesday, when a Tuesday, pan the Tuesdays, them I ask you for Brother, wash your hand. Make sure say you wear one mask and stay safe. Until next time.